your husband is always saying weird and random things in the podcast. (laughs) It would be hours long if you had to stop every time he said something strange. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like rocks. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. Happy New Year! New Year, new you, right, John? (laughs) I feel so different. I was listening to this other podcast about like setting goals and stuff. And they said, I didn't realize there's like such thing as quitters Friday or something. (laughs) It's like the second Friday in January, everybody's given up on their resolutions and we all go back to normal, but not on this podcast. No, we are making some changes. Change number one, you need to make it all the way to the end of the episode because We're going to do something different at the end of the episode that's going to be really fun, that's going to tie into some other things that we're doing. Right. It's kind of like when you finish a Marvel movie and you have to wait for like... Pass the the credits. Yeah, exactly. I'm always disappointed when they don't have anything to after I've waited. (laughs) (laughs) I know. At least we'll be doing that for the first two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) We might change our mind. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens on Quitters Friday. (laughs) I I wish I remember if that's actually what it was called. It was a funny name. I'm a go-getter, though. I like to do things in advance. I'll do Quitters Thursday. Yeah, that's I'm a real go-getter. Yeah. (laughs) I won't even make it to Friday. You won't even make it to Friday. Yeah. Quit early. The other thing that, well, because I mean, it's been the holidays and stuff, which is a lot slower time of year for us, which is nice. So Mm -hmm. I. Wanted to share a milestone that we had over this holiday season. Something really cool happened at our house with our family. Yes. But in order to lead into this, I have a quote that I want to read. So oh. if you'll indulge me. Ooh, I will, I will indulge. This quote is off of YouTube. Erin on YouTube, to be exact. <laughs> and she said... <laughs> I cannot stop laughing about this. I listened to the podcast that your husband inserted song lyrics, (laughs) which if you're wondering, that's Exploring Joshua Tree podcast episode. You just got to listen to it so that you know what she's talking about. But anyway, I listened to the podcast that your husband inserted song lyrics. It definitely wasn't fair to you. (laughs) He is always saying weird and random things in the podcast. (laughs) It would be hours long if you had to stop every time he said something strange. (laughs) I feel like she just gets you, John. She just gets you. I think she just gets you. I think is really what it is. (laughs) She's pegged us really well. Oh my gosh. I don't think if if this was a YouTube podcast or something like that, I think people would just laugh so much because sometimes I th- I say things and we look we're looking at over at each other and there's these little 
black things that keep our peas and our things from popping too much. And I can only see Ash's eyes. And sometimes when I say things, I'm just like, I look into her eyes and she dies a little sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> He's always saying weird and random things in the podcast. It would be hours long if he had to stop every time he said something strange. I am dying. But here's the thing. And this is what leads into our major milestone for our family is John and I have been married for almost 12 years. And so, and this is what I told Aaron on YouTube. I am really good at like his particular brand of funny. <laughs> like I know, like in the Joshua Tree episode, I didn't do like a really stellar job, but like I picked out some of the weird things that you added into that episode, the song lyrics. Mm -hmm pretty well for not knowing the songs because I can read you pretty well. I can tell when you're like trying to pull a fast one on me or like if you say something that's supposed to be funny, you always give me like this certain look like I'm waiting for you to laugh. <laughs> so anyway, so like we've been Side married. Eye. Yeah, we've been married for a while, but this is how our marriage works. Okay. Because over the holidays, John finally, finally watched Lord of the Rings with our sons. Oh my gosh. Just the first one, the Fellowship of the Ring. They have but, to earn the rest of them. But it's a big deal because he has tried before. You all know how much he loves Lord of the Rings. He's tried before and our kids did not make it through even the first probably half an hour of the Fellowship of the Ring because they were terrified of the ring wraiths. Yes. They were just too young. The Nazgul <laughs> that scene where like they meet Merry and Pippin and they break the carrot, you know, and then they 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 hide. Get off the road! The first Nazgul, the first Dark Rider appears. That just got them. They, yeah, it was too they much. Were not they were too little when I first tried, and I was like, "Come on, get but testosterone <laughs> kick in, and let's watch something cool." But he tried again over the holidays, and they watched it, and they loved it. Oh, like yes. they are just itching to get to the next movies and John's making them wait. So that's like a huge milestone at our house. But here's where this story comes in because I am an awesome wife to John. Okay, I love Lord of the Rings, but like I don't care about all the details and stuff. But over the Christmas break, we bought some land up in Idaho and we went up to our land to go look at it and stuff. And we have to drive through. It's called Anaconda, Montana. Yes. It's this little town that's like it's like a, a smelting town, right? Like with the mining. Big anyway. mining town with yeah. Butte and Anaconda were really good, big silver mines and stuff like that. Yeah. So Anaconda has this huge tower from the smelting and every time we drive through anaconda guess what i do i put on if you guys remember on youtube like 15 years ago before youtube was like really popular this was like the charlie bit my finger era yeah. of youtube when things were first starting there's a video and it's legolas saying they're taking the hobbits to isengard that somebody has put to music <laughs> and Every time we drive through Anaconda, Montana, I put on that video and I make our family listen to it. And so we're all singing. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard, to Isengard, to Isengard. <laughs> the hobbits, the hobbits, the hobbits, the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> what did you say? Well, it's just the funniest <laughs> thing. But it, it looks like that tower, the smelting tower, 
it looks like Isengard it in does. the distance. So it's anyway, so, so we've been doing that for a couple of years as we've been driving up to this particular area of Idaho. And that is my contribution. Okay, yes, John says a lot of weird and random things. But then I surprise him with my nerdiness. The first time she made an organic Lord of the Rings joke was probably better than our wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) It was the the happiest day of my life. Hmm. Oh my gosh. The first day she made a, you shall not pass joke or something like that. (laughs) Anyway, so I just wanted to sit on that comment for a minute and say, yes, he does say some really weird and random things, but like... I'm here for it. I like it. And it was really fun to see how excited our kids were about Lord of the Rings. So that was our new year. That was our holiday season this year. Pretty exciting stuff, if you ask me. Yes. And now what you've been waiting for, which is actually we're going to start talking about Big Bend. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've talked about Lord of the Rings for the proper amount of time. Yeah. While I was preparing for this, I was just like, I can't stop writing things down Mm -hmm. of what I love. I love this park. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's so far away from everything that when you visit Big Bend, it's a big deal. It is. Because it takes a long time to get there. It's a pilgrimage. It it is a pilgrimage. (laughs) It really is. We've talked about a few places being a journey to get to. Dry Tortugas takes a serious amount of effort to get to. Acadia is like as far northwest as you can get. That's a journey to get to Big Bend. So Big Bend is a national park in Texas, mm-hmm. and it's in West Texas. So you know how Texas is just massive, and it has like the part down by San Antonio and stuff that kind of dips down and goes like the Gulf Coast and stuff like that. That goes much further south than Big Bend mm-hmm. does. Because Big Bend is West Texas, and so it's not on that little, like, downward part of Texas. Right, of the Gulf of Mexico section. (laughs) Yeah, it's not over there. So it's not as far south as you would think, but it takes forever to get there. And the cool thing about Big Bend is that a huge part of this park is all about the Rio Grande River. Yes. And the Rio Grande River is the river that divides the U.S. from Mexico, in this area. Yeah. Interesting fact. Big Bend National Park has 13% of the entire U.S.-Mexico border. Oh, really? Yeah. It's 118 miles. That's what I saw on the website. Yeah. The park borders Mexico for 118 miles, and it's right there along the Rio Grande in West Texas. Yeah. It's so cool. You said 13%? Of the entire U.S.-Mexico border is along this Big Big Bend Bend National Park. So yeah, it's a really interesting place. It's totally different than pretty much any other national park that we've ever been to. It has some similarities, but because you're on the border, there's some really cool things you can do. And then you have the river, which adds extra cool things you can do. And then you have fossils, like it's a major fossil hotspot, which a lot of people don't realize. And so that's really cool. And then it has mountains. Yes. And you would not expect to have mountains and like bears and stuff like that. No. Right in the middle of the desert next to the Rio Grande. So it's just surprising around every turn, I feel like. If you've ever seen how the West was won, and you kind of see they're they're in like this really old desert. I don't think they filmed it in Big Bend at all or anything, but just how like lonesome some of these old West movies are. Big Bend really 
exemplifies like the loneliness of the old west deserts in a lot of ways and so you get down there like we talked about it's a journey to get down there and inside of texas itself quick tangent you have some friends when you lived in england that were like they'd never traveled because it's just too far yes (laughs) so it's so funny yeah i lived in england for a little while and like i would want to go do you guys want to go to York this weekend? And York is like the north of England. And they'd be like, why? That's like a two-hour drive. <laughs> I'm like, two hours to go to York? Like, you're basically in Scotland. I mean, we could go to Scotland in two and a half hours and right. just like can't be bothered. And I was like, two hours? That's like from our house to like... I don't know, my mom's. And we drive that all the time. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. You had all these friends in England that wouldn't drive anywhere because it was just too far. If they came to Texas and they knew that it takes like 11 hours just to drive through Texas, they would not go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's just a totally different scale yeah. here. The lonesomeness of this park. But it was on the Big Bend National Park site itself. It said that Big Bend has the darkest night skies in any of the lower 48 national parks because it is so lonesome it is so isolated and it's so probably true because like the nearest actual town with grocery stores is like an hour and a half away right exactly which is crazy i mean we stayed in that town the first time we went because we're like this is as close as we can get because all the reservations in the park were taken and stuff. And anyway, and then we were just like, ew, not doing that again. That's yeah. so far away. It was a long commute. Man. Yeah. So that's Alpine. Alpine, Texas is considered a gateway town to Big Bend, but like you're <laughs> freaking like the, not even close. Yeah. It's like Alpine, Texas is like the capital of West Texas, I think is what they call it. Uh-huh. And it's so far from Big Bend. It is. And it's, it's like the main gateway town besides Terlingua, which, which we'll I don't even about, know if you can but... call it a town because I don't think there's like, there's a few buildings in Terlingua. Ah, Terlingua has grown over the years. Have you noticed? Like the first time we visited, we're like, uh And then we've come back, we've gone back to Big Bend several times. And this last time we stayed in an Airbnb in Terlingua and I was like, there's more things here. Yeah. They're putting up glamping everywhere. They're putting up new cabins, but there's not like a ton of amenities. Right. Well, it's also kind of like a game of statistics. You know how people can be like, it's grown by like 200%. And that means like, four extra buildings. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there was one building and now there's four. So yeah. that's I'm not sure if the math backs up there, but anyways, <laughs> it's a small, lonesome, awesomely isolated place. And it's so cool to get down there. Okay, what's your favorite part of Big Bend? My like favorite section. My, there's basically three sections. Right. So what's your favorite? My favorite section has got to be the Rio Grande. Just because I'm always like... But which side? It's the nope, Rio Grande Village campground area. Really? I love that nature trail that they have there. Okay, because- so the Rio Grande Village campground area and stuff right there, that is on the east side of Big Bend. You're down, you have to drive for a ways. Like you'll either come into the park via like Panther Junction if you're coming from Alpine or from Terlingua. It, mm-hmm. That's which is like the, the far, far west, west side. side. And so if you come into the park, either of those, you've got to drive a ways still to get down to the Rio Grande Village on the east side of Big Bend. Mm -hmm. 
But we love camping there. The campground's awesome. Yes. Down it in is, there. If you listen back to any of our funny stories that we tell about camping, we have a really good one about camping in that campground right next to the river. That's episode 34, Funny Stories, volume one. Volume one. If you want to go listen to that, because that story is funny. It's about how we were just in the campground in our underwear. <laughs> so you got to listen to it, but... That's quite the introduction. Well, that's what it was. So <laughs> us and our neighbors. Yes. And other people. So. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do down there? It's the nature walk. Okay. I love that nature trail because we only do it at one time of day. We sunset. always do it at sunset. It's perfect for sunset. So you you take this nature trail, you leave from the campground, and you walk through a few kind of marshy areas, and you see great blue herons, you can see beavers, you can see lots of different wildlife in that area. Well, Big Bend is a huge bird watching park, yeah. and that area specifically is where you'll find a lot of different kinds of birds. Yes. Because you're right on the river and that's where they migrate through and they all hang out right there. And there's just like tons of different kinds of birds that you don't see anywhere else exactly. in the US. And, so. es and especially if you visit that time of day, you'll go up as you make your way up to the top of this ridge, which is the end point of the trail. You'll see tons of wildlife, tons of birds. And then you get to the top of this trail and it's not even that far, but you get up there and you just have 360 degree views. You can see the Rio Grande. And it's interesting because the Rio Grande meanders all over the place. You're almost confused sometimes as to which side is America and which side is Mexico. Sometimes. Yeah, you're looking straight into Mexico. And in fact, as you're sitting up there, like the, the place that's even with you, basically, because the river meanders, is Mexico. Mm -hmm. You can see the little town, which we'll talk about. Yes. It's pretty much right there where you're at. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, And so then you get up there and you just kind of wait. And a lot of people do this as well. And it's, it's a popular thing to do. But this entire ridge, you just kind of find your spot. You sit there and you wait and you watch as the sun sets over the mountains in the distance. And yeah. it is really pretty. And the river is just perfectly placed because you can kind of get some really cool reflections off of the river. And depending on the clouds or anything like that, it's totally out of a classic romanticized Western version of the Wild West. And it's the perfect moment. You're, you're looking at the Rio Grande, the actual Rio Grande River, and you see these mountains in the distance. And you're just expecting... It's lonesome, Dad. <laughs> exactly. Because there's also a lot of cows down in that area. It always reminds me of Lonesome Dove. Yeah, like trying it's true. Going across the river, stealing the cows in Mexico and bringing them back into Texas. Yes. Like this part of Big Bend is the perfect place to do that. Right. If it, I mean, if it weren't illegal and there's people around and you're in the <laughs> national park and you know but that's what it feels like when you're looking over that yes. expansive view well i was thinking of like you, you're also expecting like it's one of those moments where whatever her name o'hara scarlet scarlet o'hara from that from that classic movie you know are you you're not remembering any of this the wind <laughs> something gone with the wind there it is oh my gosh i finally got it oh it took me forever but like that moment where you have this classic actress and the actor it, it's right just, off into the sunset yeah, big bend exactly that's not how the movie not goes how the but, movie goes. so bad bad example but it's so cool you get up there you have this amazing sunset experience in the west and then as you come back down things cool off a little bit and 
you don't really see the birds anymore, but you can see bats that start to fly all around. It's a cool experience. You get the birds on the way up and you get the bats on the way down. The constant in between is the Rio Grande, the mountains, and the sunset. That's my favorite spot in the whole park. Boquillas Canyon is right down there too. And this is where the river goes through into a a narrower area. Mm -hmm. And this is the first place that I ever saw a roadrunner in person. Yes. And that was so cool. We got a picture of that guy. Yeah, we did. He's giving us the eye. It's awesome. So that was really fun too. So it's it's cool to be by the river because that is the wildlife hotspot. And you'll see a lot of cool stuff. So Yes. Definitely spend some time down there. The other thing that's right here is the Boquillas crossing into Mexico. And this is an official entry point into Mexico. Right. With border control, like you'll talk to immigration officers if you decide to go over into Mexico. I think it's just something you need to do when you're here at least once. Yeah. It's really fun. Yes. I have gone across the border. Like, I don't know. There's a few places where I've gone into Mexico. But, you know, when my first one when I was a kid was when we left San Diego and we went to Tijuana. But this one was so much more fun to me. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's awesome. You have to cross the river to get into Mexico. So after you go through, like, you'll do the American side customs or whatever. And then you'll go across the river and you can either wade across the river if you really want to. Or they have people, Mexican nationals waiting for you Mm -hmm. with little boats and they will take you in a little boat across the river for a small fee which is really fun and then on the other side once you get to the other side then uh, you can either walk up to the town of Boquillas which is right there Mm -hmm. or you can pay again another small fee to these people that are waiting there with their donkeys right and you can ride a donkey into town which I highly recommend. I mean, it's just, you ride a little boat, then you jump on the donkey, and then the donkey takes you into town. And then when you get to town, you've got to go through their border control again. So make sure, like, make sure you have all your paperwork, your passport, stuff like that. Right. That experience was a little scary. That experience was (laughs) so crazy. We tried to, because for Mexico, you can, if you have kids, you can take birth certificates instead of passports. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've changed that since then. I feel like anyway, but after that experience, I was like, I'm never going to try to do that again because they were like pretty not happy with us. The customs officer on that side was so self-important, I think, in a lot of ways because he took his job so seriously. It was interesting. The customs guys, the people on the American side, they said like, just tell them that you're coming into town to spend a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Uh, okay. They'll let just, you in. It'll be just fine. Just make sure you tell them you're you're coming to spend money. You're coming. You're going to buy some souvenirs. <laughs> you're going to buy some food. Like you're coming to spend money. Just make sure you tell the guy in Mexico that over and over. Right. And then and yeah, he, he seemed like he wasn't going to let us in. And John's like, he looks over at me, gives me the side eye, and he's like, "We're here to spend some money." <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we said that a few times. We're like, "We're we want to buy some souvenirs. We're here for some Mexican food." I mean, that really is the only reason yes, we went over some goat tacos. Yeah, we wanted to get some Mexican food. He let us in. It was so funny, but, but yeah. it, it was so cool. It was an experience straight out of the movie The Three Amigos in a lot of ways. It was so fun. It's a really cool little Mexican town. They have lots of souvenirs that you can purchase. They have some really yummy food. 
And it's really fun. It's one of the only places, I can't think of another one, a national park that's on a border where you can cross and have another totally different cultural experience like Mm -hmm. that. It's so unique in the National Park Service in my mind, and it's so fun. I loved it. I do get a lot of questions about how safe Big Bend feels because it's such a big part of the border area. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say, like, we have never felt unsafe when we're there. People on the other side in Boquillas have all been kind to us. Like, we've never had issues. Right. So I wouldn't hesitate to recommend spending time in this park and also crossing into Mexico and going into Boquillas. We've never had a a negative experience with that. No, never. And it's really interesting. I think people do kind of have those concerns because of border stuff that's going on. But I think because on the other side, on the Mexican side of the border, is a whole bunch of other like national parks, like Mexican national parks Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so it's almost kind of like with Glacier and Waterton, it's almost an international like peace park. So it's managed for recreation. It's it's managed differently than other places. It's a really unique location on the border. And well, it's a pretty remote area of Mexico too. Like you're not that close to anything big in Mexico on that side. So it's just a nice little village, a nice little community, pretty much in the middle of nowhere, same as Big Bend. So yes. anyway, it's a really fun experience. I highly recommend it. The other thing that we've done on that side down by Boquillas is the hot springs. That was so cool. But was it? I mean... <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it's fun. Listen, there's something... <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say I right know. now. Well, okay. So the buildings around the hot springs are super cool. There's yes. all these historic like Spanish style buildings that are really cool to see. And then the hot springs themselves, you can dip, you can sit in these hot springs and it's pretty cool. My only issue with it is that there are literally cows in the river right next to the hot springs. (laughs) And that just seems really gross to me. Right. (laughs) And it is gross, actually. It doesn't seem gross. It's gross to be sitting in hot springs right next to cows who are peeing and pooping in the river. So... Just wanted to put that out there. It's It's a fun experience, but you know. It's not the pristine experience you might be imagining (laughs) when you're like wading into the Rio Grande. It's a pretty, it's it's not a clean river. There's a lot of livestock down in that area and stuff. So you just ignore that and you just have your fun anyway. Yeah. And the hot springs itself isn't like you're actually in the river really either. It's kind of like it's you're uh, off to the side you're right next to the river like there's a a rock wall that separates the hot springs from the river right it's cool i wouldn't say it's like the most pristine experience you'll ever have at a hot springs let's move from that rio grande village boquillas area and go to the second main section of the park which is the chisos mountains oh those mountains are so awesome they They stand up out of the desert so tall. It's so cool. They're like around 8,000 feet above sea level, I think. I think so. In the six to eight range. Right. They're not the tallest mountains in Texas. No, because those are in Guadalupe Mountains National Park, which is also in Texas. Right. Not anywhere really that close. Four mm-hmm. hours or so. But the Chisos Mountains are really cool. They have great hiking in there. And the lodge up there is in a really fun location. This last time that we went to Big Bend, which was last spring, we actually scored a room at the Chisos Mountain Lodge, which 
is really hard to do, especially during the spring, like spring break season and stuff. Everything's all booked. Mm -hmm. But we were able to get a room there. And the lodge itself, I would say, is it wasn't anything special. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't anything special. No. But the cool part about our room was they all have balconies off the back. And there were deer that would come and hang out back there. So we could just be in our room off the balcony, watch the deer, have like the beautiful mountain views surrounding you everywhere. And it was really fun. Mm -hmm. I would do that again. Oh, yeah. It's a really, well, especially because it's like that's the only lodging for hours. It's the only <laughs> lodge in the park. And yeah. then you have to drive a ways to find another lodging option if you don't want to camp. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's worth it if you can get a room just by location alone. Really. Yeah. Especially <laughs> because I loved sunset up there. Yeah. The sunset was just like sunset on the Rio Grande was so pretty. Sunset in the Chisos Mountains is really pretty because depending on the time of year, I think the sun kind of sets. There's this window between some of the mountains that you can see from the specific viewpoint right there by the lodge and everything. Window view. The window view, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aptly named. <laughs> but that, that's a really cool spot. And being there for sunset is really neat because the sun goes down and you have this window out into the valley beyond and the mountains start to get a little darker. And it's a really beautiful spot. And you're up there in these mountains and it's a lot more lush than in the surrounding desert lower elevation areas. And the wildlife is different. The plant life is a little bit different. And it's a little bit more alive, it feels like, up there. And besides the window view area, I really like the Chisos Basin Loop. It's a really fun trail that you can do that kind of takes you up and around the lodge area. And you just get really good views of all of these awesome mountain peaks that yeah. are surrounding you when you're at the Chisos Mountain Lodge. And it's totally different. It's a completely different ecosystem up there. Just climbing into the mountains a little bit from the desert floor or from the river, mm -hmm. the other part of Big Bend, I mean, you get totally different wildlife, different plants, different views. You've got these mountains. I was right. Emory Peak, which is in the Chisos Mountains, the tallest one is 7,800 feet which above is awesome. sea level. I mean, it's pretty prominent. It doesn't seem like there should be mountains there. So it's pretty cool to see. But yeah, that whole area is neat. You can hike to the top of Emory Peak, which is just like an epic day hiking trail. The loop is awesome. If you don't want to do something that hard and that strenuous, that's a really good option to just be amongst the mountain peaks. Right. The other trail that's really popular in this area is the Lost Mine Trail, which <laughs> I... Don't know if I will ever hike that trail again, only because we made our son hike it when he was like three. It was our first trip to Big Bend. Yes. And he did not stop talking about how much he loved the Lost Mine Trail for like the next year. That's <laughs> all that he remembered out of all the national parks we went to and all the trails that we hiked. And we'd go back and visit family and grandma would ask, what have you been doing, Jackson? The Lost Mine Trail, the Lost Mine Trail, the Lost Mine Trail. And I'm like, why did he latch on to that? I just don't even know what's so exciting. Like, he overhyped it for me, where I'm just like, it wasn't that great. Like, why are you <laughs> like still talking about this? Like the McRib, how, uh, yeah. how I overhyped that for you. <laughs> yeah, and then I took a bite, and I was like, ugh. I'm and then so I finished it for you, and yeah. it is as good as I say. <laughs> 
so that's how the last writing trail is for me, just because like we spent literally the next year of our lives talking about only that trail. That trail and the Devil's Hall Trail from Guadalupe Mountains were mm-hmm. like the only trails that his little brain latched onto from our three years of full-time RVing. Oh man, we had parks. been through Yosemite, we'd been through some of these other big national parks, done big <laughs> hikes, and he's like, he keeps, my mom, she keeps asking him, what have we done? And the only thing he says at the last mind, she's like, haven't you guys done other things? Haven't you done other national parks since? Yes, we have. <laughs> that was a year ago. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that trail just always is a funny mention to me because I'm like, oh, I'll do it again sometime. But like, I heard about that trail for so long after we did it that I'm just, I'm kind of lost mine trailed out yep she's mcribbed out (laughs) i am (laughs) so but anyway that's a really popular one and it is nice there's nothing wrong with it it's It's a good one and you have some really cool views at the top of the mountains around but i do love those mountains those mountains are so fun and you mentioned bears earlier i remember we were up there i couldn't believe like they had bears on the national park website they had bear like warning things every once in a while you'll see stuff but i was like there's no way bears live down here. There's no way. And so I finally asked a volunteer and I looked it up and like the NPS site says there's like 30 to 40 bears that live in Big Bend National Park. And I asked this volunteer and she gave me a number way bigger. I'm I'm not going to reveal because I don't, I don't want to be wrong in case she was wrong, but I was like, I can't believe that actually so many bears live in this park because it's a totally different ecosystem than where you would expect to see bears normally. Yeah. It's not Grand Teton or Yellowstone or Great Smoky Mountains, but these bears, they were extirpated from the area and then they came back into America from Mexico. So these are all Mexican bears. It's so cool. Yeah. And they live in the Chisos Mountains, all of them. Yes. So <laughs> if you're camping up there or anything that you will see like bear boxes and bear warnings and stuff and don't take that lightly because they actually do live up there. It's right. crazy, but you won't expect it. That's like the last thing on your mind when you're thinking about going camping in Big Bend. Yes, you're more worried about the chupacabra. Oh, yes. Or I was going to say the bugs. The bugs. Or the snakes or the scorpions or, you know, all that good <laughs> nope. stuff. If I was camping there, I'd be worried about the chupacabra. <laughs> I looked it up. There was an episode of Jackie Chan Adventures when I was a kid with a cartoon where Jackie Chan battles the chupacabra. It was pretty cool. Nice. Yes. Moving on (laughs) from the Chisos Mountains. So the Chisos Mountains are kind of in the middle of the park. And so you'll also find like Panther Junction down at the bottom of the mountains. That's the main visitor center. That's where if you go a little bit further north with that, you'll find the fossil exhibit, which has all the cool stuff about fossils that they found in Big Bend, which has been proven that things really are bigger in Texas. Mm-hmm. Even just the fossils, like everything that they found in Texas is huge. Oh my gosh. I so. love the fossils in Big Bend. We'll probably talk quite a bit about that in the Fun Facts episode. Oh, really? Well, there, We also did a specific fossils in the National Parks episode where we talked about Big Bend and then some other parks that have cool fossils. And that's episode 17. If you really love fossils, it's a cool episode. Yes, but the one creature you got to remember is Dinosuchus, the terror crocodile. Yeah, there's a huge one that they've found in Big Bend. So that's really cool. Oh, and also the Balanced Rock Trail, which we really like. Big Bend has a lot of 
back country roads that you can take, mm -hmm. a lot of dirt roads. And so if you are in an SUV or something with higher clearance, you'll open up a lot more opportunities to go exploring in this park because there are some really cool dirt roads here. Yeah. The one out to Balanced Rock, that's a really cool one. The that Grapevine was, Hills Road. That was fun. The other cool thing about Big Bend that a lot of people don't know, so they have like their main campgrounds. They have three campgrounds, one at Rio Grande Village, one at Chisos Mountains, and one down on the other side mm -hmm. near Santa Elena, which we'll talk about here in a minute. If you can't get a campsite in those campgrounds, they have backcountry campsites that you can drive to if you have a higher clearance vehicle. Yes. And that's pretty cool. So you can reserve those on recreation.gov, but a lot of people just don't realize those are even there because they're not part of the regular campsites. Mm -hmm. They're backcountry sites. And so you can book those and then you can stay in the middle of the park. I mean, some of them, you can even take trailers and RVs down. Mm -hmm. It's not like the roads are all terrible. Right. But a lot of people just don't know that's even an option. I know. That would be so cool. Like We want to do that. We, we so want to do that because the night skies are so dark. And then you even get further away from any of the developments, even in the park. And that would be just so awesome. I know. That's been on our list for a long time. We just don't have a trailer that we want to take on a dirt road yet. Yes. And we could tank camp, but our kids have been so young every time we've been mm -hmm. and it's, we're just not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not ready to do it yet, but we will. Because, Plus there's the chupacabra. Yeah. Well, you always got to take that into account. So, <laughs> What's the name of that pig? It's not really a pig. The javelina? The javelinas. It's not a pig, but it's yeah. It's not a pig, but that's probably what I would mistake a chupacabra for. Those things terrify me. You'll see javelinas <laughs> in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona. They look like warthogs. Yes. They're pretty darn cool and they make fun noises. They also are not very nice no, animals. they so are not. They kind of freak me out. But anyway, all of that to say that's kind of all in that main like Chisos Mountain, Panther Junction area. Mm -hmm. And now we are heading west to yes. the western part of the park. So what's interesting is as you're driving these park roads, like it's pretty far in between main sections too. You're driving like an hour between each section as you're driving. Right, because the park is so big. Yeah, and there's not that much like in between the main sections either. There's a few like dirt roads you can drive. There will be like a couple viewpoints or uh, some smaller trailheads or something. But these actual main sections, it does take a while to drive between the three. Definitely plan for that. Usually when we go, if we stay on the west side, we'll only do that for like a night or two. And then we'll move over to the Rio Grande Village area. Yeah, we Just because I hate making that drive between the two. <laughs> we definitely split our lodging in yeah. this park because it is so big. Yeah. Our, we, we learned our lesson from our first visit where we were commuting so far to visit the different things. Yeah, well, and there's not like a lot of gas stations or anything. I mean, it's not like you have all the amenities you're used to either. So I've learned when we go, we'll split our lodging. So we'll stay either on the west side and the east side. Or if we can get something in the Chisos Mountains, sometimes we won't move. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll just stay there and then commute from there. But I do like to split things up. So now we're headed over to the west side, which is the Santa Elena Canyon area, and then the town of Terlingua. Yes. 
I mean, I love all the parts of Big Bend, but I feel like Santa Elena Canyon is just like the most beautiful, picturesque spot for just saying, boom, look how cool this park is. Oh, yeah. I love that canyon because as you make your way from the east side to the west side, at one point, not exactly sure where, but the canyon just suddenly appears on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And it's just this giant crack in a giant wall of rock. It's like probably Exodus when Moses just like hits the rock and water comes out. Totally looks like that it was just cracked and split. Yeah. Straight down. Oh, it's such a straight up and down canyon. Unlike the Grand Canyon or Canyonland, some of these other places in the Southwest, this one is just like sheer straight up and down and then river. Yeah. It's really cool. There's not a whole lot of levels to it. It's just like one solid layer of rock that was just like they cut a piece out of it Mm -hmm. where the river came. And it's just so cool. And it just appears on the horizon and you just make your way to it. I think there's two different ways you can get there. You can take the paved road or there's a dirt road that you can take as well that's pretty adventurous. It's called the Old Maverick Road. And it is a dirt road. It's a pretty good dirt road. But I definitely like if you're in a sedan, I wouldn't drive it. But you don't have to have like a big like like a Jeep or Hummer or anything to get down it either. Right. Most of the time. At the time of recording, that road has been closed for a while because it got washed out. Yes. In some areas. So that definitely happens. So you don't (laughs) want to just like start driving and hope you can make it. You'll definitely want to check and make sure that conditions are okay. But that's a really fun way to go. We've gone that way a few times through the old Maverick Road. If we're coming in from Terlingua, we'll just cut down on that to get to Santa Elena Canyon. Mm -hmm. And this last time, the plants, like they smelled so good. Oh, yes. I just like I we had our windows down and my head was just out the window like a dog. (laughs) Just like (laughs) breathing in the floral scent of all the plants that were blooming. It Mm -hmm. was amazing. I've never had that experience in Big Bend before, and I am dying to have it again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know exactly how we timed it so perfectly, but the ocotillos were blooming. The yuccas were blooming. All of the cactuses were blooming and had fruit on them and stuff like that, which was so crazy cool. I've never seen the yucca fruit like I have in that park at at any other place because I don't think we've ever timed it so perfectly. I mean, this last trip that we took, We went a little bit later than we usually do. It was closer to the beginning of April. Mm -hmm. And that's the time of year when it's kind of, you're heading into the just really nasty hot temperatures. Right. (laughs) This park is primarily a winter park. I mean, its main season is like November through March. Right. And it's lovely to visit during that time of year. It's a really great winter park if you're wanting to get away from the snow. Mm Mm-hmm. So definitely like, I don't, there's been stories. In fact, just this past year, 2023, they had a few stories of people dying in Big Bend during the summer because they just weren't prepared for the heat and you get heat exhaustion and bad things can happen. So this is a park where you definitely don't want to go in the summer if you can help it. (laughs) It's not enjoyable. No. You have like extreme heat. And monsoons that are devastating for (laughs) when it drops that much water, it can wash out roads. And anyway, go in the winter. It's much nicer. We went a little bit later 
this past spring which was a risk because we've gone earlier and still got caught in like a heat wave but it paid off this time it did because everything was blooming and it smelled so good if i could bottle that up i would it was amazing and then Another thing that happened to us this past trip that has never happened before was when we got down to Santa Elena Canyon, there's a little trail that you can do that takes you further into the canyon. And it's really cool. The thing is, is like because everything is so sheer, you've just got really cool views and you're you're kind of up on the cliffs right. on this little trail. And the trail almost feel in some places, it feels almost like you're taking the same trail that a mountain goat would take. Yeah. Because it kind of has to do a bunch of switchbacks and you're kind of on an edge quite a bit. It's, it's not scary, scary though. I mean, like we held our kids' hands a couple of times. We did hold hands, Ash. No, we never hold hands. We hold we our kids' hands. <laughs> uh, but the Mexico side of the Rio Grande, in that canyon, there's like no ground to right. even walk on. Mm-hmm. It's just sheer cliff. So the U.S. side has some more areas where you can walk, and that's where this trail is. But it's really cool. This is also a really cool place if you want to paddle. You can book like a paddle, a canoe rental or a kayak rental, or take a tour, a guided tour from Terlingua, which is the town on that side. And they'll take you down through Santa Elena Canyon. So some really cool options. Yeah. But this last time we went, the water levels were so much higher than we've ever seen it. And we actually had to walk through the river and on John, that wasn't as much of a problem. <laughs> but <laughs> Not on a me, big deal. yeah, on me, like the river like went up to my shoulders almost like walking through. It mm-hmm. went deep. This was one of those situations where you can kind of see trend setting and the game of telephone basically mm-hmm. that happens on a trail sometimes. Somebody does something once and then somebody else sees it and then it just gets passed down from hiker to hiker. And so Before we got there, people were trying to like hike around and find like some type of a bypass so they didn't have to go through the river. And then we got there and I tested it out and I was like, oh, it's fine because I'm really tall. It only showed up like my waist. (laughs) (laughs) And so my family, we all went across the river and then people were like, oh, we'll just go across the river. It was fine. But it was really kind of fun. And then as we came back, as we went back the other direction, We could see people doing the same thing. But before we got there, no one had done it. Yeah. But also, we've hiked that trail before and you did not have to walk through a river to get over to the other part of the trail. And so we were confused. We were like, wait, are we just supposed to go through this? Mm -hmm. And we did. And it was fun. And our kids thought it was really cool, too. So It was so fun. I loved getting in the Rio Grande River. It was just fun. Yeah. So we did. We walked across the river to finish the trail. And that was a really fun adventure. And then after that, so you can do stuff down in Santa Elena Canyon, like the paddling or the hiking. Other than that, I mean, there's not like a ton to do down there. We went up to Castellon. So we visited that area a few times. And it's just like it's a it's some old historic buildings and a little general store, basically. Mm-hmm. But we had visited the first time we went to Big Bend. It was up and running and stuff. And we stopped in. And then the, la- the second time we went to Big Bend, it had just burned down. There was a huge fire that went through the area. And so you couldn't do much. And then this last time we went, 
They had some stuff open. You could see some stuff. We went to the general store and got, you know how Mexico has like really good like fruit popsicles? Oh, yeah. They're so good. They sell those at Castellon. So we went there and got those popsicles mm-hmm. and it was awesome. It was, it so, was good. so cool. So, if, if I could have like the most ideal Santa Elena Canyon experience, I think what I would do is stop off at Castellon, get those popsicles, and then like have them in like a cooler or something, find a way to keep them cold until I could get into Santa Elena Canyon. Because at the end of the trail, like the trail just ends because cliffs get too sheer and there's nowhere to walk anymore. But there's a whole bunch of rocks that you can kind of sit on right there and just sit and listen as the river goes past and you can watch the sun as it goes through the canyon. It's really pretty. And just enjoy one of those popsicles while sitting on a rock in Santa Elena Canyon. Yes, but we didn't do that. No. We <laughs> we hiked through Santa Elena Canyon and then we went and got popsicles. Yes. So. <laughs> Either way, the, t- the popsicles are delicious. But if I had my way, that's how I would do it. Yeah. And then from there, that's when you can, you'll be closer to the town of Terlingua, which we mentioned at the beginning. There's like some little RV parks and some Airbnbs and stuff like that out there. Again, there's just like, there's not a ton of amenities or anything. Mm -mm. But what they do have is one of my favorite restaurants in the area, which is DB's Rustic Iron. Oh, DB's Rustic Iron Barbecue, baby. Yeah. We always stop there. Yes. (laughs) We always drive into Terlingua and go up there. You can also go to the Starlight Theater, which is a really popular restaurant. It's an old theater that was turned into a restaurant. And the area is really interesting because it's kind of half ghost town and half revival zone. (laughs) And so it's just, it's got a funky vibe and it's fun. Some of the buildings are totally abandoned and some of them have been revived and and into the Starlight Theater, which is really popular. Mm Mm-hmm. Last time we went, the wait to get in was like two hours. And we're like, no, not with our kids. We're not going to wait that long. We waited just too long to get our name on the list. Yeah. So if you want to go to the Starlight Theater, it's definitely like because it's such a small town and everything is so limited. Definitely get there before regular dinner time. Like I would go right when they open. Mm hmm as early as you can at 4, 4.30 or whatever, because if you wait till regular dinner time, the wait is just astronomical for the rest of the night. Right. Keep that in mind if that's on your bucket list. It's it's a really popular place to go. A lot of people want to eat at the Starlight Theater while they're in Big Bend, but you definitely have to plan ahead for that because it's just so long of a wait exactly. if you don't get there early enough. Yeah. Terlingua's fine. There's not like a ton to do. But it's a good kicking off point for getting down to Santa Elena Canyon, for paddling, for anything like that. It's really convenient. So Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of options around anyways. Yeah, it's true. So that's a really fast overview of Big Bend. I'm like, we've been talking for a while and it's a huge part, mm-hmm. but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> But make sure if you want more ideas of things to do, definitely go to Dirt in My Shoes and read through the can't miss list for Big Bend because that has some really cool activities that you can do. I mean, we love this park. We'll typically stay down here for two to three days usually to get through each section of the park and to really dig in and Mm -hmm. to go into Bokeus and stuff like that. And it takes a while to get down here. So you might as well plan on staying for a minute. 
and really enjoying the park while you've made the pilgrimage already. Yes. While you're here, you kind of have to do everything that you really want to because it might be a while before you get back. So the new thing that we want to do at the end of our podcast episodes is to give you a task. Yes, at least until quitting Friday. <laughs> we're, no, we're going to do this. We want to give you a task because it will just make things more fun. Sometimes there'll be really silly tasks. It's not going to be anything like really like hard to do. No, we're not asking you to do a chore or anything. <laughs> this is We just want to find a fun way for us to engage with whoever's out there. Yeah, it's so fun to talk to you guys and to see your comments. Like that initial comment on YouTube that I read. <laughs> um, I love stuff like that. So your task for today's episode, for making it to the end. We talked about how Big Bend is the darkest night sky in any of the national parks in the contiguous United States. Right. Okay. So... There will be a post on Instagram and Facebook on the Dirt in My Shoes page. So look up Dirt in My Shoes. Head over there and tell us what your favorite stargazing experience has been. Right. It doesn't have to be in a national park or anything. It doesn't have to be in Big Bend. But we want to hear about a cool stargazing experience that you have had as we celebrate the dark night skies of Big Bend National Park. Exactly. Ah, uh, I'm... This is one of my favorite things about any national park visit ever is just like walking outside and looking up because it's so different from wherever you may live. Unless you live in the middle of nowhere, if you live in, even if it's a subdivision or a city or if it's urban, this is going to be unique. You visit a national park. It's one of the coolest things about being there at night. You look up and your experience is totally different than regular life living. And so yeah. I want to hear about it. Our stargazing experiences in Big Bend have always had incredible stars plus bats yes. <laughs> flying around your head. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty fun. It keeps our kids really entertained, too, because there's bats. They'll just like swoop. It's like, I really hope their echolocation is working or whatever they use. Yeah, but the problem is. I live with a whole bunch of shorties, and I think that the pets are kind of averaging out the height of the group, and so they get way too close to me, and so they're just like, whoosh, right in my face Better all the you time. Than me. That's why I always stand close to you when we're stargazing and looking at bats and stuff, because I know they'll hit you before they hit me. Well, it's also why you have me walk first on a trail a lot of yeah. times, because if there's spider webs on the trail, it's going to hit me, and then it won't hit you, because... <laughs> Because I'm, I'm a foot shorter so than short, you. Yeah. So unfair. So head over to Instagram or Facebook. Share your stargazing experiences with us. We would love to hear about it. Your secondary task. You do have a secondary task for this episode. Right. And that is to go onto YouTube and search for They're Taking the Hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> go watch that video. It is so funny. Tell me, where is Gandalf? For I much desire to speak with him. <laughs> Such an oldie but goodie. Go watch that through so you know what we're talking about. Not the three-hour version. No, it's a 10-hour version. 10 hours? Yes. They have a 10-hour <laughs> version. And the song is literally like a minute and a half tops. And so they nice. just probably play it over and over for 10 hours. Don't do that. Do the short version. The last thing, we would love if you would leave us a five-star review it just helps us get the word out that the podcast is here and that you're enjoying it. And if you leave a comment, we can't respond to your review comments, but we do see them all and we're so grateful. So thank you so much for exploring Big Bend with us today. 
And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes. 